0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have the fiddle player for Dirks Bentley, Dan Hochalter. You're going to hear Dan's story of growing up in Minnesota, what first got him into music, and his time studying at Belmont University. You'll also hear about his time playing with Lone Star, the time he got to play fiddle with Charlie Daniels, and playing on the records of Dirks Bentley. I had a great time talking to Dan. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way.
1: How you doing today, Dan? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So getting right in the beginning of your story, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
2: uh I grew up in a suburb of the Twin Cities up in up in Minnesota uh hence the Hat and oh, gotcha. uh <laughs> and uh yeah I, I you know had pretty pretty normal normal childhood just grew up uh you know on a small suburban street and played baseball and and hockey and and uh, music as well obviously and um and uh yeah yeah that's kind of kind of where, where I'm from.
1: Now, when you were growing up, who were some of the first bands you remember consuming that kind of got you interested in music?
2: Well, uh, so the first, uh, the first cassette tape I ever owned was, uh, I got two for my birthday. It was Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer, right? So that was like <laughs> probably, probably 1990, something like that. I, w- I would guess I was like eight years old. Uh, yeah. but, but the, the first music that I, that I sought out and purchased with my own money, um it was a, the it was kind of like a, a two two sides of the same coin. Like I was really into like nineties rock at the time. And, uh, and Metallica was one of like my favorite bands ever, For sure. uh, but I was also really into country music too. So, so my first country CD that I ever bought was, was an Alan Jackson CD. Um, and that and uh, so I had a, a, my older sister was, was uh, dating somebody at the time who was really into country music and and uh, my mom was a big Willie Nelson fan, but I mm-hmm. wasn't really into country music at all until I started kind of seeing these videos on CMT and kind of that whole like wave of 90s country that happened. And I just got hooked. And, uh, and uh, when I bought an Alan Jackson CD was my first one I ever got. And I just fell in love with 90s country and 90s rock and and a little bit of 90s hip hop, too. So I'm kind of all, all mixed up in there when I was growing up.
1: For sure. Now, was it those like 90s country albums that made you want to start playing music or did your parents put you in like lessons growing up?
2: Yeah. So when I was like, I was really young um, and my parents, well, me and my sisters were uh, when my parents were working, we would go to my my grandma's house and, and my grandma told my, my uh, parents that she thought that I had interest in music for whatever reason, like, you know, I was three, four years old and I, I guess just like, you know, bobbing my head and just like kind of interested in whatever music was happening yeah and so they thought they'd get me started on on a uh, on music lessons um we didn't own a piano uh my parents neither one of them are really musicians um but they were watching tv one night and they saw this group of little kids playing you know suzuki violin on like you know pbs or whatever it was and uh and they were like oh maybe we should do that so they they, they sought out a violin teacher and a and a and bought me a, a little tiny violin um, I was, I was almost four years old, so I was kind of too young to decide what I wanted to do, you know, <laughs> like that was just like, right. this is, you know, they just tr- exposed it to me at that age. Um, and yeah, I just, just stuck with it, I guess. I did like classical music lessons kind of, you know, from age four till probably eight, nine, 10, something like that. Um, which was right about when, you know, nineties country started kind of happening. And then I started kind of hearing that kind of stuff. and uh and it just kind of is like oh the that that sound is actually it's a fiddle but it's it's actually the same instrument as what i've got here yeah and and uh you know play it a little different way and you can make it sound like that versus versus what i was doing so that's kind of what got me what got me into it
1: now you moved to nashville at a really young age at 20 so is this something you're plotting out during high school that like i just want to get out of here i want to get down to nashville where the music's made how did that process look like
2: yeah um I, I i wasn't like ever like oh man i gotta leave because because i i loved you know where i grew up and i and i, I still do i miss miss minnesota and stuff but yeah but yeah when, when i was in when i was in high school um i played i played a lot of music with with a lot of different folks uh almost all who were older than me like i i never was in like a high school like garage band or anything like that like i i was always like the the kid that was in this band with these with these grown-ups you know and and yeah. you know, we we met this group of musicians that was a pretty eclectic mix it was a guitar player uh, and then there was a, an accordion player and a drummer and like this kind of hodgepodge of musicians that just had been playing music forever um we got tied in with them and and they kind of took me under their wing and we're like oh well you know well, this kid can come out and play music with us too and and so we just kind of did that, um, and, and we we would play, you know, county fairs or you know, senior citizen homes or you know, whatever kind of you know moose lodges and VFWs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that, so that's kind of where I where I got started, like performing live and kind of playing in a band. Yeah, and and then I started playing with with uh, cover bands that were a little more established in the area that kind of had like a. Like a weekend warrior like every friday and saturday they would play it in, in some of the bigger bars and music clubs in minnesota and i was kind of the 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 young guy in that band and and just through those experiences like I, I i really i had the bug and i really wanted to play music yeah um and uh and then yeah when i when i turned when i turned 20 uh i i just felt like it was it was the right time to to move to nashville and and give it a shot so yeah mm-hmm. that's that's kind of how how that went down
1: you know, it's funny, you kind of have a similar story to Brad Paisley. I remember reading his book, and he's he had the same thing where he was playing with a lot of older people. He's like, I was lucky, I always got to I always get to play with veterans, but there are veterans of the, the Vietnam War.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always exactly. starting with yeah. people
1: that are older than you always helps out.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I I learned a lot, you know, like we would we would play, you know, like let's say there was a there was a gig uh on a Saturday night and it was at like you know some some vfw say or, or or some sort of like you know group function like that where there was maybe a dance and there was a you know a band playing and they would have this songbook because they'd been playing music together for for longer than i had even been alive at that time yeah and they had a, the songbook of all these like sheet music of all these you know it had like the the lead sheet with the lyrics and then like above it had like the the guitar chords like the tab kind of pictures for what the the changes are mm-hmm but I didn't know these songs, you know, these were, these were songs that were recorded in like the sixties, you know? And and so it was the first time it was kind of a, kind of a double whammy. Like I, I was exposed to all this awesome old country music that way that I, that I wasn't familiar with yet at the time. Mm-hmm. And then also just kind of trial by fire, like they're playing the song that they know and I'm trying to follow along and, and trying to learn how to maybe improvise with the changes. I'm not really, I'm not reading the sheet music and playing what's on there, but I'm seeing what the chords are and trying to figure out what to play. And then, you know, Hey, fiddle solo, then you got to just kind of make something up, you know, and and hopefully figure it out. So, so that, that's kind of how I learned, I learned more doing that kind of stuff. I also took lessons once a week from a fiddle player in Minneapolis, which was, you know, beneficial in its own way, but just being in a band, you know, and, and the music's going and, and, you know, take, here you go. Take, take a solo. What you got? You know, he's trial right. by fire kind of thing. He just learned, learned so much that way.
1: <laughs> now, when you first get to Nashville, you go to Belmont.
2: What did you study there? So I moved to Bel. Yeah. I moved to Nashville when I was 20. Um, and Belmont was kind of, I had already, I had already gone to school for for a couple of years up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I, I didn't know about Belmont when I graduated high school, but I had heard, Of this later on, I'd heard of the school that Trisha Yearwood went to and Brad Paisley went to that where they majored in music business. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, that's, I want to be in the music business. So that's, that's what I want to do. So Belmont was kind of, kind of, uh, kind of the, the, a reason to, to move there with a purpose instead of just moving to Nashville and, and crossing my fingers and hoping something, you know, like I had a, I had a reason to go to Belmont with some sort of plan. And, and, uh, I studied music business there um which was which was great but also met through school met met so many other just people like me that were musicians and new to town and trying to get plugged in however um and that was just the the biggest benefit for me was just meeting meeting people the the first the first session I ever played on in Nashville was at Belmont University and I forget who the singer was but it was this band put together and the and the guitar player was John Osborne of Brothers Osborne oh wow I, I met I met John when I was like 20 and, and, uh, you know, he was the, the hotshot guitar player, at Belmont way back then. And so just like, you know, meeting him and there's just so many other people that, that are either musicians or artists or songwriters, or they work on the business side of things that I met through, through that school. It was a really just great opportunity just to kind of get plugged in.
1: For sure. Now, was it during your time at Belmont that you ended up getting picked up by Lone Star to come play with them?
2: Yeah, uh so that that was kind of crazy how that how that happened. So I had I had applied to to Belmont University and I had I had found out that I'd been accepted and I was going to transfer in. This was in the summer of twenty twenty sorry, two thousand two. Sorry. Yeah, two thousand two well, that's the summer year I was born. That's
1: crazy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't tell me that, man. <laughs> that hurts right here. No. <laughs> yeah, two thousand so two thousand two. Uh, you know, got accepted to Belmont and I was like all right I'm going to move to Nashville uh in the winter for the winter semester and 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 do that so I I only knew one person in Nashville um he was also a fiddle player uh who who uh had we'd kind of grown up not together but we we both were from Minnesota and we both played fiddle so it's kind of a small you know community of high school kids playing the fiddle in Minnesota. You know, there's not, not, not thousands of them. Right. So we knew each other and, and I knew that he had moved to Nashville and, and whatnot. And, and, uh, so I started just reaching out to like, try to meet other people. This was, you know, 2002, there, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't, uh, you know, Instagram, MySpace, but, but some people had websites, you know? So I was, I was getting on Google and I was like, you know, Garth Brooks fiddle player, who is that? Okay. So-and-so is fiddle player. Who is that? And if I had a way to reach out to people, I would I would just cold email them and be like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a fiddle player. I'm moving to Nashville. You got any advice, whatever. And I, I befriended this guy named Roddy Chong, who uh, I knew had played fiddle with Shania Twain on her, her big tours um, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't know was that he was also, when that was, when he was off the road with that, he was playing music with uh, this band called Shadazy. if you remember them and and he played with Lone Star once in a while too so so we kind of befriended each other and he kind of took me under his wing a little bit and and um you know just trying to prepare me for for coming to Nashville and what that looks like and stuff and then I found out that he uh had this Lone Star gig and he was actually um gonna be leaving to go back with Shania and he was Mm -hmm. like hey you know you seem like you got your shit together um I don't know if I could do this, but maybe, maybe I can like get you an audition if you'd want that. So I'm like, yeah, that'd be amazing. So long story short, I actually moved to Nashville for like a, for like a week and and uh, was able to audition with Lone Star. Um, and the audition went pretty well. I went over to the guitar player's house and, and played through some of the songs. And he's like, all right, well, we've, we've got gigs this weekend. Why don't you come out this weekend and, and, and we'll see how it goes. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. amazing. Like, so, so we did that. And then the weekend was over and they're like, all right, that was great. We're going to try out some other guys and, and we'll, we'll let you know. So I was like, okay, well, that was a super cool experience to get to play two shows with Lone Star. And if that's all that ever comes of it, you know, it was really cool to get to do that. So I went back, so I moved back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say move. I brought my suitcase and my guitar and fiddle back home, <laughs> and uh, checked out of the Best Western on Music Row, and drove back to Nash- drove back to Minnesota, and then uh, two three weeks later, they called and were like, "Hey, yeah, you're you're the guy if you want it." So so I I was like, "Oh, well that that's unexpected." So yeah, wound to move to Nashville, kind of more permanently. Stayed on my friend's couch. that I was telling you about that's that's uh, you know Minnesota fiddle player, and then wound up wound up working with them for like. For like three years, so it's kind of crazy. So, so I was touring. By the time school had started in the in the winter, I had I had already been touring with Lone Star for like for like two months. So I was kind of, tried kind of tried to do both at at the same time for for a long time, which is which is really crazy. Like that's not how things happen normally. Right. You know, <laughs> it's 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 kind of bizarre. But but that's you know just through through uh, in, incredible luck. That's that's what happened.
1: Now is it during your time with Lone Star that you end up meeting Dirks cuz it seems like you guys have been together for like a really early in, since early in his career.
2: Yeah, uh well I I started with Dirks in in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um so he he had been he had been going for for a little while before before I knew him. I didn't I didn't uh I met him once like just briefly at a show like you know uh, I think I was working with Gretchen Wilson at the time and we were on uh a show with kenny chesney playing a a big stadium and dirks was on it too and i remember meeting dirks for like five seconds like hey nice to meet you you know shook his hand but he he would never remember that (laughs) um we we did we did play uh so i'm a hockey player from uh growing up in minnesota played hockey yeah um, my whole life and uh and dirks is a hockey player too so before i was ever in his band we actually played hockey against each other in this in this league in nashville oh no way Um, so i I knew who he was obviously, but he, but he didn't know me. So, so uh, I, I auditioned with Dirks, and then we kind of put that to get connection together and the audition went really well. Um, so, so yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really know him until, until I auditioned for his band.
1: I got you. So it's, yeah. it's cool too, because as soon as you get in the, uh, get in the band, like you're actually in some of the early music videos too, right? I mean, like, I know like on the bluegrass record and a couple others, what was that like being like in the music videos?
2: Yeah, no, that's that's fun. Yeah, the the first video I was in with Dirks was uh for the song called Draw Me a Map, which is on his Up on the Ridge album. Yep. And yeah, that was that was probably I'm going to guess it was probably like a month or two in to to being in in his in his band, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was really really it's always fun to do that to do that kind of stuff. Um and it's been cool that he has most of his videos have his his band in them as well, so that's always kind of fun for us to to get to be a part of it, for sure.
1: Right now, how long was were you with Dirks just playing on the road before he had you uh, start coming in and actually doing some session work with them too on the albums?
2: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I don't do a, a ton of that, but that, but I have done a little bit of that with him. Um, mm-hmm. So he so we had the bluegrass record, and then and then the home record, uh, and then on the next one, uh, which was called Riser, right? Um, which was that was the first record with kind of the production team that he's had for the last couple. He's had uh, Ross Copperman produced that one. And, and uh, th- honestly, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't play on like a ton of sessions in town, like, like some other people that you've probably chatted with. I, I do a decent amount, but not, I'm not doing a ton of that. Yeah. So Dirk's called one day and and he's, and he's like, Hey, what are you doing now? I'm like, Oh, uh, nothing. What's going on? I'm like, Well, we're, we're recording some stuff and think we want to fiddle on this song. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So like I literally just went from hanging out at my house to, to, you know, being in the studio like 30 minutes later, he's like, "What are you doing right now?" So I so I drove over there, and <laughs> and uh, you know he fired the song and and the song that he wanted me to play on happened to be drunk on a plane. So wow. that was the that was the the one that uh, that I got to play a little bit of fiddle on. And and <laughs> since then, yeah, the the um, I didn't play on his black record at all. Uh, the mountain record, which came out after that one, kind of the same thing. We had a gig on Sunday. It was a it was a hurricane relief concert, uh, benefit concert here in Nashville. And after the show, he 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 approached me and our guitar player Ben. It's like, Hey, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Or what are you doing this week? We're like, uh nothing. What's going on? Like, All right, well, we're recording a record out in out in Tilly ride. We're leaving tomorrow. Can you guys come out for the week? So we were like, Well, yeah, of course. So we yeah. dropped everything and, and came out. But it's always been kind of last minute and kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, um, just uh i guess you just got to be got to be ready for whenever that that could happen but it's it's really fun the 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 road playing on the road and playing in the studio are are totally different things and i'm still learning a lot about about being a better studio musician Um, yeah but uh a great opportunity to to do that for sure
1: now i've seen your guys live show multiple times such a high energy show do you have a favorite song that comes up in the set every night that you're like getting hyped for looking forward to
2: yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we're we as a band have have talked about this before. How we're all we all feel really lucky that that we play with Dirks for a lot of reasons, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons is that he he records really great music, right? Uh, which isn't always the case. Sometimes you're working with with an artist, and you're kind of like, oh, this song, I don't really I don't really love this song. But I'll you know, and and. Uh, I'm not just saying this, but all, all of the songs are great. Like the show is really fun. We all, we enjoy playing all the songs. Um, But to pick one, uh, I've always liked the energy of, of free and easy. We, mm-hmm. we, 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 we sometimes, we, we used to play that one kind of towards the top of the show, like maybe the second or third song. Mm-hmm. Um, Now we do it almost towards the end of the show. Uh, there was one tour where I think we ended the whole show with it. Um, And it's so it just kind of fits. It's just got that great, great energy you know, to, to open up a show or, 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 uh, or close it out. And so that one's just, that one's a lot of fun. I I don't even, there's no fiddle on that song. Um, a lot of banjo and a lot of telly guitar that our, that our lead player, um, takes and acoustic instruments and stuff. So I, you know, I, I play some big chords and kind of some rhythm guitar, but, but, uh, don't really have a lot to really think about other than that. So I can just kind of enjoy the energy and enjoy just, you know, being that one. So that's, that's one that kind of comes to mind as being, being my favorite.
1: I've been itching for how am I doing to make it back into the set. We got it. You guys got to do it next summer.
2: Oh man. Yeah. We, we, uh, we did that when I started the band for sure. Really? Yeah. Such a high energy song. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's a super high energy song. Um, yeah, yeah we, we've talked about bringing that one back and, yeah. and it hasn't quite made the cut. He's, he's got a good problem that he, he's got too many hits. Like you can't play them all in, in <laughs> Such one set. That's a problem. Set. Which is <laughs> it's a it's the best problem to have, but yeah but we 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 do wind up not playing a lot of his hit songs because we just can't play for three hours you know totally um, but that that'd be a good one to throw back in i'll 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 uh I'll pass it up the the chain and see see what happens <laughs> awesome <laughs>
1: now take me through the night you had a really cool experience meeting Charlie Daniels
2: and he actually brought you up on stage. Tell me about that night okay yeah that that was back back when I played with Lone Star I'm, I'm gonna guess it was two thousand three or four. And we we were at a, a festival called Jamboree in the Hills, which is up in the Ohio West Virginia area, um, and yeah. So I've had I've had this fiddle. It's not the the primary one that I play, but I've had this fiddle that uh, I've had since I was a kid. And there's a few fiddle player autographs that I've that I've had on it. The first one that I got, I went and saw Mark O'Connor play uh, at this small venue in Minneapolis when I was living up there. And mm-hmm. had him sign it. And then uh I saw Vassar Clemens in a similar situation and Allison Krauss. So I had I had three signatures on there. And I really wanted to get Charlie Daniels once I once I found out that we were going to be on the show with him. So I brought this fiddle from home and I was telling our bass player at the time uh that I was hoping to get it signed. And he's like, Oh, well, I know I know their guitar player really well. We're we're friends. So let me let me talk to his name is Sparky. Let me talk to mm-hmm. Sparky <laughs> and see if if he'll, you know, if, if Charlie would do that. So I'm like, oh man, that'd be amazing. So he does and comes back and he's like, yeah, Charlie says you can go up on his bus and, and meet him and, and he'll sign it for you. So, so wow. I brought it up there and brought it up on his bus. I'm like, Hey, you know, it was so nice to meet you, you know, big fan, all, all this stuff. And he signs my fiddle and I'm, and I'm like, well, thank you so much. You know, get ready to leave, to not take up his time. And he invites me to sit down. It's like, he was just, he was just the, the kindest nicest person um in that moment he's like hey sit down you know tell me tell me about yourself so i talked to him about where i'm from and music and whatever for for probably five minutes or so uh is su- super nervous and then he asks he's like hey do you know any of my songs I'm like well yeah of course i know <laughs> all your songs right uh he's like all right well if you're if you're gonna watch the show um i'll bring you up during devil went down to georgia and we'll play that one together I was like, wow wow so uh yeah, I just couldn't even couldn't even believe it. So I'm nervous the rest of the day. And I'm like, practicing in the dressing room and stuff. <laughs> and I'm standing st- side stage, but kind of assuming that he's gonna forget because we had talked at lunchtime. And the, now it was like eight o'clock at night. And right. I just figured it wasn't going to happen. You know, I didn't want to get myself too excited about something that was good. So I was like, it's, he's not gonna bring you up. It's not not gonna happen yeah ready in case he does but but he did so so he 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 brought me out and introduced me he's like hey this guy's playing in lone star they're playing next and and uh we're gonna do one together so we played devil down in georgia and i don't even remember it i was just so you know hyped on adrenaline and, and excitement that i i literally don't remember it happening um but but uh when the song was over it's like oh let's do one more and then he kicks into orange blossom special so we play that one together and it was just one of the coolest things ever. Period. Just to just to get to do that, I I've got like one kind of grainy photo that was taken from like a, a weird angle. That's like my only my only keepsake from <laughs> performing with him. There's no, I couldn't find a video of it anywhere. This was you know before YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Uh. So so all, all I have is like my faded memory in this one picture. But it was it was uh, and and sign fiddle of course. But yeah, it was just <laughs> the coolest the coolest thing ever. He's a, he was the Just such a kind, nice person um, to just befriend somebody that he had never, never met before. He didn't know if I could play, didn't know anything and just, just invited me out. So it was really, it was really cool.
1: So just having that one interaction with him, what did it mean for you to be able to honor him playing the devil went down to George at the CMA awards that year that they paid paid tribute to him?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Such a, such a crazy uh, full circle thing. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to be a part of that. I wasn't. supposed to be (laughs) supposed to be a part of that so that was 2020 when covid was crazy yeah and uh and janae fleener who's this amazing fiddle player uh she just won cma for her fourth musician of the year award in a row she's won four in a row now which is crazy um you know a-list session player awesome bluegrass fiddle player uh, great singer, songwriter, all of it. She's she's awesome. But she was supposed to do it, you know, because she was nominated for uh, CMA musician of the year. I think that was her it was her second time being nominated. So she had won the, the year before and I think she was the first female to ever win the award. So she was mm-hmm. supposed to have this like special feature, like featuring Janae, writing CMA Music, musician of the year, yeah, all that stuff. Um, cause Charlie had passed that year they wanted to do a big tribute to open the show, but she, she couldn't do the show like super last minute. I, she tested positive for COVID and couldn't do it. Um, and I was already on the show, uh, to be a part of the Charlie pride tribute that was also happening, which was another just crazy, you know, crazy honor to get to be a part of that. Yeah. And when I got, when I got called about that, that said, Hey, you're going to do this today's going to do that. Uh, there's a friend named Billy who plays fiddle with John party. He was on the show. Like you, we got three fiddle players. If anybody goes down for COVID, if anybody tests positive and can't do the show, like y'all are going to step up and cover for each other. It's like, all right, yeah. that's, that's fine. Let's do that. <laughs> Not thinking it would happen, of course, but then like three days before the show, June tested positive and I get a call at like 11 at night. Like, Hey, you're doing the Charlie Daniels tribute. <laughs> I was like, what? I, I, just couldn't even believe it um so yeah so to get to do that to be a part of that it, it was weird because i i wasn't like you know janae was supposed to do it and she should have done it but she wasn't able to um but but i was super honored to to get to be you know the the pinch hitter in that last moment and uh and it was just really really fun to to get to to get to do that live it was it was an incredible honor but one of the coolest things i've ever done
1: for sure now I like to close all my interviews what's a piece of advice that you'd give to an aspiring musician someone that was in your shoes maybe a few years ago that wants to be in your spot one day
2: well okay that's a good question um I would say that if if you're not living in in Nashville I'm gonna assume, I'm gonna assume country music but it applies to anywhere if you're you know if you're uh, want to get into pop music or whatever it is um it, it it's it's just not going to happen if you don't if you're not there, if you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, making strides to to be in the spot where it is. um, So a, I would say, find, find a reason to move to Nashville. Maybe it's, maybe it's for school. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, to, to just visit for a month and see what happens, but like, uh, do that first. Um, and then the other thing I, I, I guess I would say is, is just to, just to keep at it. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not super wise, unheard of wisdom, but, but, um, or advice I should say, but, but you, you have to, you know, you, you, you don't know where the road is going to lead. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know when I was 13 playing at a VFW on a Saturday night for a bunch of 70 year old people doing the Foxtrot. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know that, that that was going to be helpful in, in, in playing, in getting to Nashville and, and, and playing for, uh, you know, touring and, and doing the kind of stuff that I've been so fortunate to get to do, yeah. but it does. And every, every little step is, you, you know, hopefully you're learning something every, every time you you take your instrument out of your case and, uh, whether it's practicing or performing for me personally, I learned so much just getting my feet wet and and playing live, even if maybe I wasn't fully prepared to do that, you know, just kind of thrown into the mix and doing it. 'Cause mm-hmm. you learn you you learn so much just being being in it. You know, you can you can only go so far in your bedroom practicing to yourself. But once you get in front of people, you know, you learn how to interact with the crowd, you learn how to manage nerves that might come up, you learn how to think on the fly, you learn how to read other musicians, like, oh, here comes the ending because the drummer's doing this and I've never played the song, but I've i I feel it coming, you know. So all those kinds of things you just kinda all the intangibles you kind of just learn. So I guess just keep at it and and, and uh, be nice to people. That's another big one, you know, move to Nashville. There's a lot of people that move to Nashville and and they're the hot shots from wherever they came from and they carry themselves like that. And yeah. people just don't have time for that. There's, there's so many talented musicians in town. There's, you know, there's a million world-class, name it, anything, bass players, guitar players, fiddle players, whatever. Um, and if you're a jerk nobody's going to want to work with you so just be nice you know be authentic i would say um you know don't network for the sake of furthering your career but network for the sake of making friends and being part of a being part of the music community and good things come from that kind of stuff so um yeah you know i guess i guess that's that's what i would say off the top of my head well guys there you have it my conversation
0: with dan hope dan thank you again so much for coming on the show i had a great time talking with you Everyone go follow him on Instagram at Fiddlin' Dan. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with songwriter Rob Pennington. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content for our reviews. And also follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music. And let us know if you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.